Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Good evening and welcome to a Voice of the Vic podcast with me, Ben Ayton and Mike Duffy. And tonight we're joined by Joe Thomas as well. He's picking up his second appearance under um, the Voices of the Vic after his appearance, after chatting about the... 2-0 defeat away to Luton Town. Um, we're actually back to discuss a 2-0 victory this time. Yeah, you heard me right. Watford actually held on to a 2-0 lead and saw it out. Uh, we ended the season on a high. We clinched a top-half finish in the Skybet Championship, finishing 11th in the table. Uh, we moved up two places. Yes, you can sense a bit of sarcasm in my voice, but I'm trying to I'm trying to find positives here, everyone. Okay, um, so don't shoot the messenger. Um, so yeah, after ele- uh, 46 championship games, Watford finished 11th on 63 points, six points outside the playoff places, um, which is so frustrating. But I'm going I'm going we're going to chat about that a little bit in a bit. Um, but Mike, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. So happy the season's over now, and it pains me to say that because I love football and I love Watford through thick and thin. But this season's really, really tested me, and I'm sure it's tested a load of others. And considering how bad last season was, you 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 wouldn't think it was possible to be any worse. So you know the, it speaks volumes. But I'm um, like I say, I'm happy the season's finished now, and um, I'll be looking forward to a few weeks without having to worry about watching Watford um, but yeah <laughs> um, glad we ended on a win to be quite honest because yeah that just would have been the straw that broke the camel's back probably I, I thought it would be a board draw against Stoke City that, that would sort of really have drawn the curtain on the season and would have been really appropriate but no happy to get the win and uh, it's been a while since we've discussed one on the pod yeah, I literally can't remember the last time we did a podcast where we won. Um, I might have to have a look back into it. Um, the last podcast we did was the 2-2 draw away at Sunderland, which was, yeah, it was close to um, three points, wasn't it, Mike? But again, we threw it away. But, I was, yeah, surprised that we actually held on to this one. But then Stoke didn't really trouble us. Uh, and Joe, uh, Joe, how are you doing, mate? Thank you yeah, for joining no, us. Yeah, no problem at all, bro. No problem at all. Pleasure to be on. And like you say, yeah, nice to, nice to be talking about a win for a change rather than uh, having to uh, conjure up the enthusiasm after defeat after defeat, eh? <laughs> it's been a long old season and I think all three of us can agree we, we will not be looking back at this season thinking, oh, that was a, that was a good season. Um, probably um, one of the worst seasons we've had in Watford's history, um, especially being back-to-back seasons now where it's been just disappointment for Watford fans and the whole disconnection between fans and the players and the owners, it's, 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 just, it's been really telling this season. Um, I, I didn't bother attending the game on Saturday, but uh, on Monday even, but I did watch it. And I know, Joe, you was the same as well, your season ticket holder, but you felt like you couldn't be bothered to attend the game. Was that right? Yeah, yeah. I just it's, it's, been, it's been tough. Obviously, I, I lived down 
on the south coast anyway in Portsmouth. Um, so it's tough getting up for a lot of the games. But I think all the games I've been to at Vicarage Road this year have actually been um, have been draws. So I don't think I actually saw a win at uh, Vicarage Road this year, which was is a bit gutting. Um, <laughs> but I did I did go to Stoke away, however, um, and we won four 0 So that was nice. Um, but yeah, I mean after last season as well. You just expected a bit more, didn't you, from this season? Just a bit more enthusiasm. And, yeah, back to two very, very poor back-to-back seasons and just ones that we just want to forget and hopefully we'll start afresh next season. Let's hope so. Um, we'll get all our thoughts on next season um, towards the end of the pod, but I was speaking to Mike about it and we're on the same level with this and, we're, yeah, we won't ruin what our thoughts are for next season. But, yeah, it'd be interesting. Um, Mike... Um, there was a few changes to that Watford lineup yesterday. Obviously, um, Chris Wilder in the pre-match um, interview again alluded to lots of maybe youngsters getting their chance. Um, he, he talks a good game, doesn't he, Chris Wilder? Um, he, he's straight talking, um, which we've needed. But when it came to talking up younger players and saying that they're going to be involved. Were you slightly disappointed seeing that um, starting eleven yesterday? Only seeing that Ryan Andrews was the only youngster in that in that starting eleven. Obviously, there was youngsters on the bench, but were you disappointed to just see Ryan Andrews in that starting eleven? Yeah, of course. You know, I, I long gone are the days where Watford bring. Well, I say long gone. Obviously, Ryan Andrews, James Morris have come through this season, but it was quite a regular thing where youngsters would come through and the games towards the end of the season, especially last game of the season, and you've got nothing to play for, you'd expect the side full of youngsters and you might as well give them a run out. I mean, I know injuries were a a big part of of the season that I'm just about to talk about, but you look back on the season under Matanzari and I think towards the end of the season, we had so many academy players playing because it, it was literally like, right, you know, nothing else to play for. So, you know, it's been, it's happened in the past, and for whatever reason, Chris Wilder's you know he he does like the youth players, but he's just not played them, and it is really strange. I mean, Adrian Blake's situation I can understand. I'm sort of torn in that one because he's quite clearly very very talented, mm. but if reports are to be believed, he has rejected a very handsome um, contract offer. So, do I want him playing for Watford if he's not going to be here next season or can't be bothered? Uh, probably not, but you could say that about a lot of players that are here who aren't going to be here next season. So, but yeah, of course, you know, Jack Greaves, I, I would have loved to have uh, seen him play more of a role. Um, and James Morris was on the bench, you know. So, yeah, you know, bit gutted that they weren't playing. And the, the, the starting lineup, I mean, I, I've become that disinterested with it that, you, you know, I used to sort of. When I knew Watford were playing, I'd always be like, right, an hour before the team's coming out. And now I'm like, oh, it's past two o'clock. I, I better check the team news. And you, you don't really expect anything different. So, yeah, team news was a bit meh. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I, I think Chris has just got to the point now where he knows that he's not going to be here next season. And it's it might be more of a two fingers up to the boards, to be honest, the, 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 the starting eleven, But... Um, I mean, it won in the game. Whether that was the, the plan, I don't know. But um, yeah, disappointed not to see more youth players. Definitely. 
just thinking about it a little bit, Joe, do you reckon that there's a possibility that he maybe didn't play more youngsters from the start? Because obviously Chris Wilder wants to end on a high at Vicarage Road, doesn't he? And he wants he wants to win games and he wants to make his CV look good for the next job that's possibly going to be lined up for him. Do you reckon that's probably why he didn't throw in more youngsters? Because he wanted to try and end on a high and like if he threw in three or four youngsters and what they ended up being on the um, losing side again, it probably would have damaged his reputation a little bit. Yeah, potentially. Um, I mean, obviously, going on what I just said about people like Morris, you know, I kind of expected Morris to start yesterday, but then you've got the situation. It was Kamara's last game in a Watfordshire, and I think there was that, that he probably wanted to play Kamara, give him his last game and that. So that one's difficult. Obviously, you mentioned Blake as well. I know he's in the same boat as as, as Saar um, and obviously leaving the club as to what we've heard. So playing him, probably there wasn't any real point in that. I, I don't really know why he was on the bench if he, was, um, uh, if he wasn't going to come on. That was a bit odd. Um, but yeah, Greaves obviously was one I was, I was kind of expecting. I actually thought he might get a game yesterday. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I do agree with you with what you, what you said there. I, I, I think that... Um, Obviously, Wilder's probably looking to next season. He probably wants to get back into management and he probably wants to go somewhere and, 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 and start again. Um, getting, a, um, getting a win was probably quite important for him. He, he's had a pretty torrid time, hasn't he? And he's, he's had some pretty miserable um, interviews that he's done, hasn't he, at the club. So he probably wanted something cheerful to end on. Um, but yeah, you know, give, give him credit. I mean, it was probably tough picking a team yesterday. Um, but he got the win and and we, we've ended on a high. So, yeah, full credit to him. Yeah, and I've seen today, he's actually linked with the Reading job um, for next season, which will be interesting as well. Will, will he want to step down to League One to manage? Uh, I definitely think he's a championship manager. I'd be very surprised if he does drop down another league. But lots of champions, championship sides this season will probably be looking to... Um, change manager again and I'm, I'm probably looking at Huddersfield maybe um, will Warnock stay on for another season is he happy to end on a high um, Huddersfield looking for a younger manager he's a Yorkshire uh, Yorkshireman maybe he might go to Huddersfield next season uh, what are your thoughts on that you two I disagree with what you just said actually Ben um, I think that Chris Wilder Yes, he has been a good championship manager, but I don't know if, if he maybe needs to step down to save his career a little bit, you know, because, you know, he come into the Watford job off the back of a very unsuccessful time at Middlesbrough. Now, you could blame that on a whole host of things. You know, so many people said it was to do with, um, you know, he had a lot of injuries at the time and the, the stats were in his favour, but the, the team just wasn't available to him. And... He, he, he come into the Watford job, obviously done superbly at Northampton, Oxford, Sheffield United. Uh, I'm sure there's another one as well that I'm missing, so apologies if there is. But Northampton, is it Northampton, I think? Yeah, yeah, I think that's right, actually. Um, and so he's obviously a fantastic manager and he's, he's, he's gone through the ranks and he's, he's managed in pretty much, you know, the, the, the top four tiers in English football. But I think the last two jobs have sort of knocked his stock down a little bit, if I'm being brutally honest. And, you know, he's not been dealt with massive injury problems at Watford. I'd say Billich was dealt more of a duff hand than, than Wilder was. And he's just not been able to get a tune out of the players. Now, 
I know a lot of the 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 anger has been sort of directed in the 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 way of the players and saying it's the players that aren't fit to wear the shirt and obviously we get through a hell of a lot of head coaches and you know how much of that is down to the players thinking well we can't be asked we don't like this manager for whatever reason mm. if we kick up a bit of a stink for a few games we'll get him sacked and it's on to the next one so how much of it down to Chris's man management I don't know but arguably with the team he had I'm not saying for one minute he could have come in and performed miracles but the run that he had and the the results that we got out of that run was horrendous you know to to surrender two two nil leads um he, I mean we know all well uh, how how that goes down you know I, I seem to remember under Sanino we went 2-0 up at Man City in the Cup and lost 4-2. Then the week after, we went 2-0 up away at Knox Forest and, and lost 4-2 again. So, you know, we, we know all well. It's it's in the, the Watford textbook of, you know, going 2-0 up and we tend to fuck it up, which is a shame. But it, it is frustrating because I was thinking at the end of that Stoke game, you mentioned we finished 11th. We've actually finished six points outside the playoffs. You look back on some of those games that we drew... Let, let, never mind lost, drew, and you turn them into wins. And listen, it's all well and good me saying this, but some of those draws could well have easily and should have been turned into wins. Yeah. And there, there's your six points. There's your playoff spot. You know, we, we got two points off Rotherham. And listen, I, I, I like Rotherham. I'm glad they've stayed up. But they only stayed up the week before the end of the season. We got two points off them. Um, you know, we've only done the double. We've only taken six points from two teams this season, Norwich and Stoke. That is really, really poor. Um, and, you know, I, I just think that going back to what you originally said, I, I think maybe Chris Wilder needs to step down and sort of build his reputation back up because the job that he's done at Watford, yes, you've got all this stuff going on upstairs and on the, like with the players, but... He's he's not really done his his credibility any good, I don't think. No, and uh, with you talking about points being dropped as well, and it, it's good that you've actually mentioned that the the league double over Norwich and Stoke, especially for a team that's fighting for promotion, that's such a poor return. Um, we was also one minute away from adding Burnley to that list. Um, we were so close, weren't we? We were defending for our lives and. Um, over finally um, popped it over the line um, in, in the dying ends of that game. But uh, yesterday, Joe um, completed 11 games that Chris Wilder was in charge at Vicarage Road for. Um, in that time, he only won four games. Um, Watford, and during those um, 11 games, Watford actually dropped eight points from women, winning positions in home games during that time. Uh, those eight points would have seen Watford finish fifth and preparing for the playoffs. Um, I know the players have got to take a bit of responsibility, but after what Mike's just said there is, and the stats that I've just read out, does Chris Wilder have to take a bit of responsibility of why Watford have never, haven't finished in the playoffs? Um, yeah, I do, I, I do think the manager's got to accept some responsibility, of course. Um, but ultimately, at the end of the day, you know, I agree with what a lot of fans are you know, our players, a lot of them have down tools, you know, announcing things like Saar going before the end of the season, you know, Saar's head's probably not been there. I, I'll be honest, I, 
it would have been nice to say goodbye to him yesterday, his fans, I imagine. But why he was starting the game, like it just was a bit beyond me. Um, but yeah, I, I, Wilder does. I, I, I do think he does have to take some responsibility. Yes, um, but you know, like you you were saying just then, Mike, um, about Rotherham. You know, QPR. We lost twice to QPR this season. They're absolutely atrocious all season. And you know, we went there away a few weeks back. It was one of Wilder's first games, wasn't it? And, yeah, Batman. Um, and um, and I don't think we had a meaningful shot on target the whole game. And it's it's, it's things like that. There's, there's there's problems that I think we always have issues with having just making a keeper work. Like I don't mind us losing games, but how many times do we sit and have a conversation and go, do you know what? I'm really gutted we lost that game to a worldly save because we made a keeper work. We don't ever do it. We don't ever do it ever. Like keepers never make great saves against us. It's like either poor weak shots because we're just not hitting the target, or we are scoring just scraping like one nil wins or something. It's just there's 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 never um, you know you you think back to that season uh, we got promoted in um, in fifteen under with like Dini Agallo Vidra and that like they would they'd just shoot from everywhere. They'd shoot from everywhere. These players like they just don't I, I don't know. Uh, while I think like Wilder, um, he, ca- he came in with a tough task ahead of him. He, he knew full well what he was getting into. Make no mistake, he knew what he was coming into. Um, fair play to him for saying everything he has done about the club, because I do agree with pretty much everything the guy said in all his um, in all his interviews. Um, but yeah, thank you for coming in and trying. But no, no thanks for it. Is 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 my. Um, my opinion on on the matter, you know, we've we've thrown away too many leads, haven't we? And that's that's been our problem. You know, Huddersfield, we just shouldn't have happened. Cardiff, you know, you think, oh, we've got a shot at the playoffs still, and then we go and bottle that and can see three goals in fifteen. It's just it's just done it. It's been unacceptable for far too long. Yeah, yeah. So I, I take it we're all in agreement that even if um, there was a chance of Chris Wilder, we would all probably would wouldn't want Chris Wilder to be appointed. No. No, I wouldn't, no. <laughs> well, we're going to get uh, chatting on the new possible Watford head coach shortly after news was broken from Adam Levitol earlier in the day. Um, but let's talk about the game a little bit, Mike. Um, not much really happened in the game. Uh, we were talking just before we came on air, and I, I kind of said it, it had a feel to the game where it felt like a League Cup game where you've drawn another championship side in the in in the cup and both teams really don't want to progress to the next round of the cup and there was just had that feel to it yesterday Mike didn't it it was just it obviously it was a nothing game both teams didn't have anything to play for but it was just it was like a poor pre-season league cup game yeah absolutely and listen that that's to be expected when the two teams in uh in, in question, have got nothing to play for. Um, so, you know, Watford fans were, were very much wanting the season ended and there was going to be all this talk of, you know, are many fans even going to bother turning up out of protest towards the owners? Uh, there was obviously talk I saw on social media about the increased police presence, the steward presence, the stewards sound like they, uh, they were on sort of, proper jobs worth terms yesterday in terms of 
you you made they made sure you sat in the seat that you're assigned, which you know I've any time that I've been, I've never had my ticket checked, and it sounds like they were proper shit hot on it yesterday. So things have just turned really toxic. But they've been doing um, it the last two, three home games, I think. Since the Cardiff game, they've been doing it. I think it's obviously that the owners are obviously expecting some form of protest, and they just want to cover their asses. I think, and mm. you know, that I'm, I'm I'm in agreement. Nobody wants anything sort of violent or physical, but I think the the way that they've gone about it is a bit bit bad, considering we're meant to be a family club. There's, there's not much of a family feel around the place at the moment. But, um, yeah, so I think, you know, that we're expecting a pretty much an empty Vicarage Road. Stoke haven't been on great form either recently. So you, you're looking at that game and you're thinking, you know, two really poor teams. And I, I managed to watch the whole game. I say, unfortunately, you know, we actually won for once. But my... Uh, my mate was texting me because uh, I think Joe alluded to it earlier. That's um, Soccer Saturday had the um, the goals shown. And he said that Sky barely went to the Watford game. And I can see why. Um, it was, it did have that pre-season feel, that, or that feel of you're playing a team in the division in like the League Cup third round or something. Um, but, you know, there, there was a few sort of hairy moments defensively. I think Ryan Porteous was was at the heart of a couple of them, which uh, has, has happened a bit too often for my liking recently. Um, but at the same time, he then goes and does something which I think, yeah, I want I want this guy in my defence. Mm. So, um, you know, it, it was merely a case of neither team could really put their chances away. I mean, Stoke had some brilliant chances, but just couldn't get the ball in the back of the net. Keane and Davis again, highly frustrating. I know he scored and assisted, but I thought he was shocking yesterday. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, it, it surprised me to hear he actually finished on seven goals. I, I can't quite believe it's that many. Um, but I'm sure we'll, we might talk about him in a bit. Uh, but one man I do want to give credit to is Imran Luzer. I, I thought Imran Luzer was superb yesterday. And I, I believe he got man of the match. Um, but, you know, he was spraying balls around left, right and centre. And that's the Imran Luzer that we were expecting to see this season and also the in-run loser that we've been wanting to see for a while. I mean, um, anyone that's not seen it, it's on my personal Twitter, uh, at MikeDuffy underscore 27. I uh, recorded a few clips from the game just in case nobody was able to watch it and go and look at the first pass or that first video. In-run loser sprayed it through, inch-perfect, Perfectly weighted, and Ishmael Asar was on the end of it. And uh, Sarkic, the Stoke goalkeeper, got a foot to it. Really clever save, and it went wide. And um, he put Keenan Davis through moments later as well. And Davis, as usual, wasn't able to put it in the back of the net because he likes to walk it in and he likes to try and get it on his right hand side or his left hand side, which is really frustrating. Like the ball comes to him, and you just think you're a striker. Just put your foot through it. Um, at least with Andre Gray, he tried shooting. Whether it went in or not, it doesn't matter. But, mm. you know, Davies tries to hold on for it too long and tries to do too much. Um, but, yeah, I, I thought Luz had a brilliant game yesterday. 
Yeah, and you're talking about the goals there. So I'm, I'm sharing the Watford top goal scorers for this season. Um, if you're watching on YouTube or if you're not watching on YouTube and listening on our uh, other podcast platforms, uh, Jao Pedro finished top with 11 goals. Ismail Asar got 10. Keenan Davis's strike yesterday got him up to seven. Imran Loser got five goals, which is interesting, Joe, as well, considering he was out for a large part of the season with a really bad dislocation and fracture to the ankle. Five goals return is, 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 is not bad, considering he's only played half a season or under half a season. Yeah, I, I agree. I was quite surprised, actually, just to see it. I was just looking at the list. I did see it earlier briefly. Um, yeah, five goals for a player from midfield when he's, hard, he's not really played for much of the season is a fantastic return. Um I'm just trying to think who he did score, uh, who he has scored against. So I remember him scoring against Norwich, didn't he? He missed that penalty, didn't he, uh, against Norwich at home as well. Um, he scored that great free kick at Blackpool, didn't he? Um, Reading? Yeah. yeah, he did, yeah. So, you know, uh, I, I'm, I've got to be honest, I'm a massive Imran Loser fan. He's probably one of my favourite players at the club at the moment. I think he's a, he's a must for us next season if we can keep hold of him. Um Got a little bit of a worry, though. I think he could be one of the casualties for summer leave. But, yeah, I, he, considering he's only played part of the season, I, yeah, very impressive return. And uh, hopefully we can hang on to him for next season. Because I think, you know, with people like, you see the list there, like Aspria below him um, for uh, assists. Um, I think Aspria is going to play a big part next season, a bigger part next season. So, yeah, Ken Semmer. Yeah, he's been great, isn't he, Sam, this season? And looking at that number, great return. Yeah, Mike, um, looking at the, the assists now for the season, Ken Semmer, top of the pile again. Mister, He's just Mr. Championship, isn't he? He struggles when you go up to the Premier League, maybe doesn't deliver to the standard that he does in the Championship. And that's it's understandable because the quality is much higher in the Premier League. But he, he looking at his stats for this season and his work rate and what, what kind of person he is, he's the kind of player I'd want in and around the side next season or even in the starting eleven because you know what you get with Ken Semmer. To be delivering nine assists in the championship season, it's just brilliant. And then he's even scored a few goals this season as well. Is Ken Semmer the, the type of character and quality of player you'd want in and around your side next season? Um, do you know what? I'm, I'm going to be a bit controversial here. I think, yes, uh, nine assists, brilliant. And we know that Ken does that. And Ken's, you know, tends to be really good in the championship. He obviously had a brilliant season, the uh, the season that we were in lockdown. Um, and the championship is quite clearly his level. But I actually think, for what it's worth, that this season he actually hasn't been at his best. And that, that might speak volumes, obviously, that he's top of the assist pile. So the fact that I don't think he's been at his best, yet he's still contributing to nine assists and uh, however many goals, you know, that, that might sort of show that he might, might be a little bit underrated by somewhat for fans. But I personally don't think he's been anywhere at the levels he was in that lockdown season. Uh, and I think he's been quite disappointing and, Inconsistent, I think he's probably the right word to use. I thought he, he did some really hard work uh, yesterday. There was a, a time, I, I can't remember if you recall this, Ben, because I know you were watching some of it. Um, I think it was in the first half where the, the there was a, a long diag played and 
the ball looks certain to go out for a goal kick. Yeah, yeah. But he just busted a gut and he kept it in. And I think we ended up either creating the chance or he got it in the box. And the amount of times he runs it so close to the byline and you think, ah, oh, he's going to run it out. But then he just, he, he's able to bring it back in and get that ball at fist across the face of goal. So, you know, I, I think inconsistent is probably the right word to use, but certainly not up to the standard he was last time in the championship. Um, but would I keep him? I probably would. But would I be surprised to see him leave? I, no, probably not. I, I could see him maybe going back to Sweden, possibly. Um, could I, I couldn't see him going to Udinese. I think they're going to receive... Well, I think they're going to splash the cash a little bit. They're doing all right in Serie A at the moment. So uh, I don't know how many games they've got left. I think they've got maybe two or three. But... Um, I can't remember if Europe's out the question for them. They, they certainly were knocking on the door at some stage. Um, but I, I can see him maybe moving on. And um, if he does, then thank you very much, Ken Semmer. You've been a great servant in the Championship. But it's it's time to move on. So, yeah, inconsistent, I think, is the word I'd use this season for Ken. Yeah, so he's, he's actually scored four goals in the Championship as well. So if you um, combine that with the nine assists he's got, that's 13 goal involvements he's had this season, which is probably one of the highest in the league, considering he's not a striker. Um, so for, for a midfielder or a, or a wing-back, I, th- I think that's really high. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what the other stats are, the goal involvements regarding midfielders and that. Um, Joe, I just want to get your thoughts on, obviously, the current Watford team. Is there anyone in that current Watford team that you'd be looking at to try and who you'd actually want in the starting eleven next season? Because obviously we know there's lots of players who will be leaving due to being on loan or moving on to other clubs. Is there anyone in the starting lineup that you would actually want to keep around next season? That's really that's a really tough question. Um, <laughs> I, I, I definitely I would definitely be keeping Porteous. I mean, uh, uh, you know, we was talking. I remember we briefly touched on. Um, maybe about three or four podcasts ago, we were talking about who could potentially be Watford captain next season. Um, and I mentioned Chowdhury. If Chowdhury was to get a permanent uh, deal, it would be a good option. But actually, you see what Porteous does on a pitch. He's a, he's, a, he's a leader. You can see he's a leader. I wouldn't actually mind him being captain next season. I think that's that's a must for me. Um, but then, you know, uh, it's really difficult because, like, um, there's players, you know, you think how many players we've actually got this team at the moment. I actually think that there's going to be such a big clear out. Um, like you think of people like Ferreira, um, who's, who was pretty good at right back, I thought when he when he played at times. I actually quite liked him going forward. He obviously scored that goal, didn't he? Against um, uh, who was it? Wigan was it? Wigan he scored against. Oh, I can't remember. Who was it? Sorry. Huddersfield. He scored oh, against. Oh, Huddersfield. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, I quite liked him. But then Andrews has come in and done well. I wouldn't mind Andrews being a starter for um, for next season. Um, talk about left-back. I don't know whether... I like Morris, but I think we're going to need to probably get another left-back. Um, there's been a lot of talk, obviously. You talk about Cathcart and people like that. Cathcart, cleverly, they're probably going to go, aren't they? So, we're going to lose them. Um, oh, I, I would probably... Just for being in and around the squad, I think they're going to. I think they'd be necessary to keep at the club, in my opinion. I, I, I'm not not saying they need to stay to to start, but just for you know, Cathcart's championship experience. If we're going to get someone in who's a bit inexperienced, 
maybe not at the level that we want to come in and, and be Cathcart would be a great leader to kind of bring them on. Um, so I think they should maybe stay and be squad players. Um, Luzar, obviously, I just said, I think Luzar, I wouldn't be disappointed, like Mike said, I, I think he's totally spot on. He's been inconsistent this season, but he would be a good squad player. If he stayed, I wouldn't be disappointed. I think he'd be good to, to use every now and then. Um, and then, yeah, after that, you're kind of scratching around a little bit. I, mm. I actually don't really think up front we're probably going to lose pretty much everyone, aren't we? So we're going to have to go for a whole new strike force and, and just completely start again. It's literally like Manga's got a massive job on his hands, isn't he? Well, he has got a returning god in the name of Ashley Fletcher, who's still got four years left on his contract. Or oh, three yeah, years left on this contract, uh, <laughs> yeah, at least he's got a striker that. voice. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Mike, what about you? Looking at that Watford team that's played yesterday or in previous weeks, is there anyone different to what Joe said that you would probably want to keep around for next season? Funnily enough, I had this exact same conversation with my boss earlier. I think he said to me, if you could keep four, looking at the whole Watford squad, who would you keep? But I mean, looking at the squad, um, would you keep Daniel Batman, you two? No, I was just going to say the goalkeeping department, I wouldn't keep any of them. I I, I, I mean, I'd keep Miles Roberts on the books. You know, he, he'd, he'd be, you know, a youngster to have around the place. He had a successful loan spell in the lower leagues. I'm not saying for one minute he's going to start any of the games, but maybe give him a bit of a, a you know, cup run or give him a few cup games. Maybe send him out on loan um, to, to a league club. We don't know. Um, but Batman, I think he's had his time at Watford for whatever reason the last couple of seasons. He's just, he, he's he's lost it up here. Like, too many times he makes decisions and you think, what on earth is going on inside his that head? Sending off at home to Huddersfield was just like... Exactly. Well, well, head on. I, I, I know I, I said the last couple of seasons, but you look at the Luton game as well um, in lockdown at, um, at, the, at Kenilworth Road. And he completely lost his head. I thought he's going to get sent off here just for sort of losing his head alone. Uh, the Brentford game last season where we went 1-0 up and he lost his head completely there as well. So too many times, um, you know, too many times he's he's lost his call. He's a decent shot stopper, but his overall game is a Just quickly, Sorry to interrupt. It no, really annoys me. I'm not putting you off on this because you've just said it, but lots of people say it. He's a good shot stopper. Goalkeepers are meant to be good stop, uh, shot stoppers, aren't they? If they weren't, then why yeah. are they in goal? Like, I, I just think it's silly when people say he's a good shot stopper. But it's his job. He has to. But yeah. it, it, it's what you add to that. And and for Daniel Batman, I don't think he's got anything else to add to his game. I don't think his mm -hmm. kicking is particularly good. He's, he's not good at commanding. He doesn't come off his box. He, he's not that calming influence that you want behind your defence, is he, Mike? No, definitely not. And, um, you know, his confidence may have taken a massive hit. There's all this, um, you know, stuff with the Backman and Foster sort of debacle in the, um, in the in the Premier League season, Foster come back in, Roy Hodgson obviously knows him really well and I think he, he got dropped out of the, um, you know, out, out of the blue in Backman's mind. So whether that's played a part, who knows? But, you know, like I said, he's done his time. I think he was superb in that season in lockdown, but he needs to move on now. Ben Hamer, 
less said about him, the better. Now, listen, I know he's not had much of a chance to sort of prove his point and anyone can have an off game, but that Coventry performance shows why he's third choice and um, he, he, he really is poor. Maduka Okoye, I feel so sorry for him, but it just shows how poorly run the club has been recently. We spent six million on him and I think we've we've seen him maybe once or twice. I know he played in the MK Dons defeat um, in the League Cup. I've got a feeling he come on as a, a to replace Backman when someone was injured um, in the league as well. I, I might be wrong on that, but I'm sure we've seen him somewhere else. Reading um, in the FA Cup. Yeah, Reading, oh, so. yes. That was it against Reading. Yeah, the FA Cup. Um, that one when the ball went. Ryan Andrews, I'd keep 100%. Craig Kafkar, again, I absolutely love Craig Kafkar. I think his experience would be invaluable, but it's time to move on. Uh, I, I don't know why. I can see him at Plymouth. I can see one of the promoted teams, as long as the promoted team isn't Sheffield Wednesday um, through the playoffs, I can 100% see him at either Plymouth or Ipswich. I don't know why, but maybe they'll just turn to someone who knows the league to have in the squad. So, Kafka, I think, will go. Um, I think Ferreira will stay only because he's a new arrival um, and he looked half decent, but I would be tempted to put Andrews in at that, um, that, that, that void. Wesley Hoop, I know he's only just come in, but he hasn't exactly filled me with confidence. Um, I think Cabra will go, Gaspar will go. I'd keep Morris. I'd probably look at offloading and Gakia. Porteous, I'd keep. Sierra Elter, I'd keep, just to be in the squad. I don't know if he'll be the same player since his injury because he's had a couple of recent injury problems and we know that can affect some players. Espreer, I'd keep. Um, Hamza Chowdhury, I, I think he, he did well in times, but in other times he looked like he couldn't be asked to be there. So, yeah, see you later, Hamza. Um, Tom Deli Bashiru, I'd keep. Really hope that he gets over these injury problems because he's had some rotten luck. But when he has played, he's looked brilliant. You know, that game against Huddersfield, I thought he played well. Uh, although I take that statement back, actually, because he played against Swansea and he was horrendous. So I think he can be a good player. Uh, Kayembe, I'd go I, like he can go for all I care. Um, Kone, it looks like he might be going, which I'm sure we'll speak about. Um, Imran Loser, I'd keep. Ken Sema, like I say, you know, if we keep him, happy days. But if he goes, thanks for the service. And then, like Joe just said, I'm looking at that strikers, the strikers list. Uh, who are we keeping? I, I could possibly see us extending Brick's contract, but I'm proper scraping at the barrel. But I, I don't know who we keep. I really don't. So, you know, there, there's we, we've got one hell of a rebuild on our hands. A front two of Asombalonga and Ashley Fletcher. Didn't they play <laughs> together with at Middlesbrough? And yeah, it makes me laugh because I asked you for a quick um, run through, and then you've just dissected the what the team with all your notes that you've prepared earlier. But I'm looking at the time going, crap, we've got so much to fit into it. Um, You also you were uh, mentioning Craig Cathcart and Plymouth. Is it? Did you mention it because he's actually played for Plymouth, Plymouth before? Before he joined Watford, he's actually played 31 appearances for Plymouth Old Goal. So there is a connection there. 
I was thinking that earlier when I woke up this morning. I don't know why, but that was the thing you thought of when you woke up. Crazy. <laughs> I, I, no, it, was, it was really weird. I thought I, I was in the shower. I thought to myself, has Cathcart been at Plymouth? Or am I mistaking him for Gosling? Gosling was definitely at Plymouth, but I forgot yeah, that Cathcart was as well. But I yeah. can just see one of them teams going for him because he'd be invaluable for someone like that. But we've had our worth from him. But yeah, sorry for. Uh, dissecting that we, we probably could have done a whole podcast on that but i've just done it in however well, many minutes that's safe for doing one next week on dissecting <laughs> the Watford squad we've just done uh we've just done it here so yeah um double bubble for the, for the listeners and viewers um so yeah watford ended up being two nil winners <laughs> so we just did all of that and we was actually just talking about the end of the game um so yeah Watford won two nil at home to Stoke city to round up a terrible season in the Skybet championship um, we all probably put Watford at least minimum in the playoffs this season, and we finished six points outside. Um, it's all about next season now, Joe, isn't it? And I think it's all about getting that planning right, getting that preparation done early. Um, we've done it with Joe Pedro. Um, Joe Pedro will be leaving Watford at, at the start of the transfer window, which is good to see. The next position, Joe, which needs to be sorted out ASAP, and I'll go into it a little bit more with who it is and that, it's the head coach, isn't it, Joe? That's got to be the next box that gets ticked off for Watford. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I think they need to get that done early. Um, I think Manga's obviously probably been doing a lot behind the scenes. I think the fact that the the links come out quite early with um, uh, with this guy, um, never pronounced right, Ishmael, isn't it, his name? I think um, uh, so. Yeah, um, I think I, I think we do need to get it right this time. Um, whether we do or not, it remains to be seen. Is it going to be? Is it? Are they looking at someone now? They're going to. They had a proper look around, see who's around, um, and thought, yes, this this guy is going to be the person to take us forward. Or is it just another? We just want to get a manager in. We'll see what happens. Hopefully, we'll hope for the best, and um, and then just try and. You know, if it, if it doesn't work out, we're going to roll the dice again in November and just start all over again. Um, but yeah, that 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 is definitely the most important part. But there, there's still like um, there's still a few players, though, as we've we've kind of mentioned that I think still need sorting. Like Saar, you know, I think he, you know, we need to try and get rid of him as quick as possible. Um, I think more more so, like obviously they've tried to get the Pedro deal done. I don't know how much of this money they're going to use because I know obviously we've seen a lot of reports over the last sort of six weeks or so about the club's debt. Um, so I don't know how much he's going to go maybe towards the debt, how much he's going to be used on players. But obviously if they are going to spend money on players and try and build a squad using money, then obviously we've done that earlier. And I think Saar probably needs to be done as quick as possible to get money in as well for that. Um but then there's people like Cleverly and, and, and Cathcart and stuff. It would have been nice. I feel, kind of feel for them sort of players if they didn't really get a chance to say goodbye to the fans properly yesterday because like Cathcart's been at Watford for 10 years. Like yeah. People kind of forget that. It would have been nice to give him a proper send-off yesterday. And if the club are going to get rid of him, it's going to be like, oh, great. Um, and it'd be a bit like Troy, you know, wait for him to come back. If he goes to Plymouth, we'll wait for him to come back next season and get a bit of an applause. And, you know, thanks very much. But... Um, but yeah, well, hopefully uh, Manga's got the head coach all in hand. And I, I know you're going to touch on it shortly, but if it is this guy, then we've all just got to get behind him. We give him a chance and 
start afresh in August, didn't we? Yeah, and um, or maybe Watford will treat Cathcart cleverly under the same umbrella as they did with um, Mr. Adrian Mariapa. And he might even be contracted with a club still. We're still waiting for an announcement to say that um, Adrian Mariapa has left the club and thanking him for his time. Um, that was such a weird situation, wasn't it? Such a, a long-serving clubman who's came through the academy, not even to be acknowledged. And I wouldn't be surprised if Watford do the same with um, the players that we've got at the club still with Craig Cathcart in that. Because, um, yeah, it's poorly run at the moment, so I wouldn't put it past them. Um, but, yeah, the news broke earlier that Watford are in advanced talks with Valerian Ismail over becoming the new head coach at Vicarage Road. Uh, Ismail has been out without, uh, without the club since October um, when he was sat as persistent manager after 18 games in charge. Um, after a managerial spell in Germany with Hangover, Ingenberg, Hoisberg, uh, he then went to Greece, um, he's managed in Austria, and then the Frenchman, um, he t- um, rose to prominence with a, an impressive nine-month spell as Barnsley manager. Um, during the 2020-2021 campaign, he led them to an impressive fifth-place finish after being tipped for relegation that season. Um, they went on to lose in the playoffs to Swansea City in the semi-finals. Um, his playing style at Barnsley, um, at the heart of his success, is a high-energy brand of football that relied on winning possession back quickly, uh, as quickly as possible to suffocate the opposition. Um, with the ball, they were often direct and to the point. Indeed, those expecting a tick-attacker brand of football will be slightly disappointed. Uh, many in South Yorkshire um, fully admit it wasn't easy on the eye, but it seemed to have worked and it suited Barnsley. Um, and they simply became a horrible team to play against. Um, at the end of the season, he swapped Oakwell for the Hawthorns, uh, where West Bromwich Albion came in and took him. Uh, he was sacked after seven months in charge with the club, uh, being fifth place in the championship, eight points off the automatic places. Um, a uh, a guy called Joe Chapman, who's a West Brom writer for the Birmingham Live, he says that the main reason for the fans wanting Ismail to leave was for style of play. It was a rigged 3-4-3 formation with no room of manoeuvre at all. Um, his substitutions came under criticism where he was doing like-for-like substitutions when he was chasing games. He would leave three centre-halves on the pitch. Instead of take, uh, instead of um, yeah, he would leave. For, um, he would do a like for like um, substitution for a t- attacker off, attacker on, and would leave on three centre halves, and he would be stubborn in his approach. Um, he's a strong character uh, and would command respect in the dressing room, um, but um, yeah, and his main formation is that four three four formation, uh, which is direct. Um, Mike, what's your thoughts on um, Valerian Ismail? Um, you, you're a fan of his. I know we were speaking earlier and you, we, we were talking about that Watford defeat that we had away to Oakwell um, in that championship season during COVID. And, and it was a horrible place to go to and they were a horrible team to play against, but they were effective. What's your thoughts on him? Yeah, uh, I mean, he's certainly, you know, been around. I think Joe mentioned at the start before we started recording that he um, he doesn't exactly last at places. And 
coming to Watford, you can only sort of see it ending in uh, in one way, really, can't you? But I think the thing that worries me is he's got his brand of football, and that's absolutely fine. If he wants to play that style of football, crack on. The problem we've got, as we very well know with Rob Edwards, is we need to make sure that if he is going to come in, we provide him with the players that he needs to play the system. Look at Rob Edwards. He's gone to Luton. He's got the players he needs to play his system. And they're in the driving seat to go up. Although I'd argue Coventry will probably go up. But um, they're in the driving seat. You know, third in the league, in form. Uh, I think I checked the other day. I was speaking to someone about their form. They've not lost in something like 16, 17 games. That's, that's crazy, that is. And I know all the Luton fans will watch his videos back because every time we put a video out, it's just full of Luton fans. So... You can have that little appraisal there. But, um, yeah, we need to make sure we bring in the players. You know, if he he plays with, you know, a big man up top like he did with Daryl DK, uh, Corley Woodrow uh, played in that sort of um, role as well at Barnsley and did very well. I think there was a chap called, is it Callum Styles, The one that represented Hungary, but he's from England. I think his grandma was Hungarian or something. Um, You know, you you, you look at those sort of players and it's quite clear that he has a certain type of striker, uh, which is quite ironic. Davis would probably thrive under him. But, um, yeah, we just need to make sure that if he does come in, A, we need to back him. Because like Joe said, you know, Joe's admitted that he wouldn't be his first choice. But Joe's hit the nail on the head. We need to back the manager that comes in. The, you put a tweet out earlier, Ben, saying that we're in advanced talks. I don't feel, I don't think I saw one positive comment. Every comment was, oh, for God's sake, oh, here we go again. It may well be that he gets sacked in November, December. But for God's sake, back him. Like, if he's starting with a team and we're not backing him from the start, any little bit we can pick him up on, we're going to. If we start the game where we, I don't know, if we lose the first two or three, God forbid, you know, they'll be wanting him out. And then if we do sack him, it'll be, oh, Watford have sacked another manager. And then it's that endless cycle. Like, you know, if you're not fancying a manager from the start, you're going to be looking at, you're going to be nitpicking. AD, this is a complete wayward comparison. AD Bufford lost his first three in charge and we still went up that season. So, you know, things don't happen you know, straight away, it can take time, but let him come in and make sure that Manga brings in the players that he needs to play his style of football, because otherwise, we might as well get any Tom, Dick or Harry off the street and just say, right, we're going to sign these players, make it work, and it's just not going to happen. So, I don't mind. He did a good job at Barnsley. Um, As you said, when he was sacked as West Brom, it's not as if they're in the, you know, mid-table or the, the bottom half. They were fifth. Yes, the football wasn't great, but they were fifth. So, you know, in English football, he's done all right. I mean, I've just been looking at his record myself. Uh, you, you sort of hide him behind the sofa when we played Swansea because he's played. He's come up against them five times in his career, and he's lost all five. And um, you know, stats like that don't make for good reading. But uh, I'll back him if if he's the man that the the Potsos and Manga or it should be Manga, because Manga's come out and said that he's the one that's going to be in charge. If he thinks that Ishmael's the right man and they can work with it, then I'll back him. But they have to make sure they sign the right players to use in his formation. 
Because otherwise, it's pointless. You might as well have us three sat in the dugout in that first game next season. Yeah, I'm quite happy to sit in the dugout and have you two as my assistants. Um, or maybe you be the main man, Mike, with your managerial um, experience with your Sunday Saturday league side. Uh, me and Joe will be your assistants. But yeah, um, Joe, what's your thoughts on it? Obviously, we were talking earlier, you're not massively keen on it, but you'll fully get behind it as, as you, you would do with every managerial change that happens at Watford Football Club. But yeah, what's your opinions on him? Um, yeah, I... Like, like I said to you earlier, it's, it's hardly one to get excited about, but we've kind of got to a point where it's like, are we going to get a manager in at this club that we are actually going to be excited about ever now because of what we do and obviously the whole Edward situation last year and going in and sacking him. You know, these, these are the type of managers, unfortunately, that we're going to get. So, yeah, you know, I'll back him. I don't believe, in my opinion, that it's going to be attractive football. Everything I've read, like Mike said, I've, I've read nothing but negative comments. And that's even from other people like chipping in, like Barnsley fans, West Brom fans and, and stuff have come out and said, oh, goodness, he's coming back into English football. It's like, great. You know, it's it's a bit of a concern when you see things like that. However, um, you know, he could, if he gets the right players, it could work and it could be this amazing season that we have and we could win the league who knows <laughs> I mean it's highly ambitious considering we've just finished 11th in the league and been pretty average for most of the season however um, yeah I, I don't know like we say we've got to give the guy a chance he's, um, it's not actually a, uh, one that I went digging for I saw it earlier but I think he's he's got an average of 1.42 goals per game maybe or something like that or 1.42 points or something like that um, per is a is a record, so you know he's it's he, not really got well beaten stats. However, um, yeah, we we we'll see if, if if it actually happens. Obviously, they said he's in advanced talks. Seen that with a few managers uh, in the last few months in Premier League, and it's all gone peaked on, and they've not ended up coming in. So it may may still not happen. He may not like the Watford fit, and he may not like what's kind of shown to him. So um, yeah, but. We'll see, won't we? Yeah, it's not official until Andrew French talks about it in the Watford Observer or it's actually official on the Watford page. Um, but yeah, I, I just think he, he would definitely need a squad that will play to his strength, isn't it? And that's, that would be down to recruitment. So he really needs the board um, to be sat with him on this project. He needs to sit down and Ben Mango as well. And they need to talk about what kind of players will fit this player style that he's got it's obviously it's fast it's high tempo it's direct we don't really have players that would play to that strength look our, our the fitness that our players have got this season if he walked in now and tried to manage those players with a high tempo high press it, it's just going to end sour um he hasn't got the players for it um, so luckily, we've got loads of players leaving this season already, whether it's on loan or bits and pieces. So there's gaps in the squad. They just need to find the right players to, to um, end up coming into Vicarage Road. But I also think it don't really make a difference who the head coach is going to be at Watford because it's the culture at the football club that needs to change um, to make any appointment a success. I, th I think you, you could appoint Jurgen Klopp Pep Guardiola, 
they're not going to be a success at Watford Football Club unless the culture behind the scene changes. And and I think that's going to be the same with Ismail Kone coming, uh, not Ismail Kone, Valerian um, Ismail coming in. Um, I, I just think, obviously, he needs time. Will the board give him time? I know Manga said that he, he wants to be the man that gives him time, but how many times have we been led down the garden path before? We've been told so many lies, so the jury's out for me. Um, it's just going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, but do you remember the last uh, manager, Mike, that we actually had the initials of VI? He wasn't really a roaring success at Watford. Vladimir Ivich? Someone said, actually, on Twitter that the way the club is at the moment and the debt we're in, they'll probably use the same training jackets and training kit <laughs> on, uh, Vladimir Ivich for, for, uh, for Ishmael. But, yeah, no, he, he wasn't exactly great. But, listen, I, I think the thing with us at the moment, with, with the way the, the last two seasons have been, I don't know whether... I think fans would really take results over how performances are, to be honest. If we're seeing players looking like they give a shit in the Watford shirt again, then to be quite frank, from my personal point of view, I, I, I might not care what the style of football is. If we're churning out results and I can see that the players are playing for the shirt again, that's ultimately what I want because I've not seen that the last two seasons. Mm. Um, yes, it may be a bit tiring over the course of a whole season, but we don't do that at Watford. So, you know, there's there's a good chance he might not last the whole season. But, um, yeah, I, I, like we've said, look, we, we've we've got to back him. And he, he, he has a decent record. And ultimately, the, the Pozzos want to bring someone in that can get us back up to the Premier League. Because if we don't next season, and many people have alluded to it, we'll, you know, we'll only go one way and that's not up. It's it's down to League One and mm. we can't be that team. So many teams have done it where they've come down from the uh, Premier League. They've not been able to go back up at the first attempt. Look at Bolton, look at Leeds, Forest, Leicester. They've all been in League One and they were lingering in the Championship for a long time before going back to the Premier League. So we don't want to be that club. Um, and if this is what Ben Manga thinks is the right thing, then we have to back him. You know, he he done an extraordinary job at uh, at, at Frankfurt. Who, funnily enough, their manager's just leaving as well. So I'm um, I'm a little bit surprised we've not sort of tried to knock on his door. But whether we're a, a step too low for him, I don't know. But he's done a good job at Frankfurt, and we need to trust the process, and we need to trust that he he'll do a good job here at Watford and. This will be his first full summer transfer window, and he, he's he's got to make it work. Yeah, no, definitely. And um, I'm just um, bear me two seconds, Mike. Uh, my missus is at the door, and she can't get in. So, um, just quickly, you two, if we're going to start wrapping it up, who is your favourites for the playoffs? So, favourites for the playoffs. I said earlier. I said I can see Coventry. I think the thing with the playoffs, uh, and I'm sure you'll agree, Joe, is the playoffs is such a lottery um, yeah. in terms of form go, sort of almost goes out the window. Like you, you could be, like I said earlier, Luton haven't lost in 16 games, but it all comes down to the occasion of it and how many times you've seen a team make a good run towards the end of the season and sneak in the playoffs. That's exactly what Coventry and Sunderland have just done. 
so for me, I can see Coventry um, winning the playoffs. Uh, I know that might sound absolutely crazy, but they've snuck in there the last sort of few games. They've gone in via the back door because no one really expected them to be there. Um, yeah. And I, I think that puts them in good stead. What about you, Joe? Uh, yeah, that was. Do you know what? Actually, that was that was my shout for the playoffs. Obviously, we, we don't want Luton going out. That's a given. But um, <laughs> listen, if they do it, I'll be I'll be happy for Edwards. You know, we we shout on him. It'd be great for him. He he, he deserves that. He's done a remarkable job. And if they get up, it'll be an extraordinary story. Um, but yeah, my, I I agree with you, Mike. I think Coventry. I think what what a job Robbins has done there to get him from in six seasons to get him from a League Two side to. a uh, aside in the playoffs in the championships, pretty pretty impressive. Um, it's going to be tough against Borough if they can. Obviously, they played there yesterday. A bit weird that they're having to go back there a few days, um, uh, play them again in a few days, and then they're going to have to obviously go to Borough. Um, I think they're at home first and then away second. So um, if they can get a decent result at home, maybe a two goal lead, perhaps it's going to be tough for Borough. And I think I think Coventry, the the way they played yesterday, um, I know. Um, Oh, I can't remember who was doing the game yesterday um, for them uh, on Soccer Saturday. Um, but they basically, every time they kept going there and showing the highlights, they were saying how stubborn uh, Coventry were and that Middlesbrough couldn't really break them down. So, yeah, it could be tough if, if Coventry get a good result at home. And then, obviously, the, the final. I mean, we've seen many finals over the years, haven't we, in the playoffs where people will say, oh, yeah, this team's going to win. I mean, I've, one I famously remember was Derby QPR. Do you remember when Derby absolutely battered them for 90 minutes? <laughs> and Zamora got that one chance in the 94-minute and scored. And they were literally devastated, Derby. Um, and obviously, us as well. I mean, you know, I don't think we were ever favourites to win that playoff final against Palace. But we just didn't show up, did we? Some people turn up for the occasion, some people don't. It's just mm. literally going to be who feels what on the day and on the nights uh, in question for the semi-final. So, yeah, I'll go with you, Mike. Coventry for me. Yeah, and everyone was expecting Leeds to beat Watford back in the day as well at the playoff finals, but little Watford turned up and bullied Leeds off the pitch. We won it in the, dress, uh, in the tunnel that game, didn't we? Um, the boys were bouncing. Um, yes, yeah, so sorry about me leaving a little bit there. Yeah, my missus couldn't get in through the door, so I was just helping her back in now. Um, she's safe and sound, don't worry, everyone. Uh, but yeah, my, my prediction's the same as you, and I'm sorry to be boring, but Coventry City for me, I, I want to see them go up. Um, I think they deserved it this season. Got to remember, six, seven games into the season, they were in the relegation zone. They had problems with their pitch and the finances, um, and it was all down to the Commonwealth Games, wasn't it, Mike? I think um, that ruined the pitch. Then they had to play their games away from home. They've had the uncertainty behind the scenes on maybe... Uh, I think they sold... They got new owners this season, wasn't they? But, um, so they've had so much challenges behind the scenes and they've not spent any money. They sold their best players in the last couple of seasons and they've just done it all on a shoestring budget and Mark Robbins deserves the credit that he's get it, getting. So for me, Coventry City, if it isn't Coventry, I want Sunderland. Um, we're all going to be Sunderland fans in the next couple of weeks when they're playing them up the M1. Um, so yeah, I'm going to find a red and white jersey to try and put on and support them for those two games. Uh, but yeah, I just can't see the scummers in the Premier League and yeah, it won't be a good look. But that's it. Um, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, Joe. It's been a pleasure having you on again and hopefully yeah, um, we'll get you on again next season. Uh, Mike, 
thank you for joining as well tonight. Um, I know your legs are probably aching from the Saturday. The Sunday run, was it, at uh, Birmingham? You did the 10K. Have you fully recovered now? Or did your missus um, add insult to injury when she took you around the biggest Primark in the world on Sunday uh, or Monday morning? Yeah, no, it was uh, it was it was tough. I mean, uh, the weather was stifling. I'm sort of glad actually because the weather either side of the days where it was crap. Um, I managed my last Alton game, uh, so I've left them. The weather was poor. Then Sunday it was stifling hot. Um, my hips were killing me Sunday evening, uh, and then today it's the hips and the calves, and then Monday. Um, yeah, the missus was like, "Oh, shall we go to Primark?" And I was like, "Really?" Um, but yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm slowly recovering. I might try and get out on a run again, maybe Thursday, depending on how the legs are. But uh, yeah, I, um, I I I'm, I'm aching. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, no, I'm not surprised. But yeah, fair play to you, mate, and hats off to you and everyone else that completed the run and uh, raising money for really good causes. I know you, you, you um, raised money for the Stroke Foundation in memory of your granddad. And, uh, mm -hmm. Your granddad would be very proud of you for running that, mate, and completing it in such a good time as well, considering you, you did put too much training into it. So, yeah, hats off to you, mate, and well done. Well done uh, just quickly before I wrap off as well, uh, massive congratulations to mine and Mike's uh, mate, Chris, where his... Um, fiance gave birth to a baby girl today so it's another hornet in the world uh, little Evie so congratulations Chris and I look forward to seeing her soon uh, but yeah we'll wrap it up there me and Mike will probably be back within the next couple of days or weeks depending how long it will take until what would actually announce a new head coach or is there movements in the transfer market me and Mike will probably be back as well uh, so if you like the video hit that like button hit that subscribe button and we'll be back soon stay safe everyone and come on you all Sports Social Podcast Network